But I want you to know tonight you got faith In your trial, in your test, in your hard time Good evening, I'm Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man and the Mirror And our shows are getting better, better, and better Tonight we're discussing, it's not about your status, it's about who you serve. We'll give some examples, and then we'll open up for you to call in and give us your view on tonight's topic. And without further ado, before I you know, give some information about tonight, I'm going to welcome back our co-host, Nichelle Johnson. Welcome back, Nichelle. Thank you, Hezekiah. So happy to be back. Looking forward to tonight's show. Excellent, excellent. And I hope you've been doing some homework or hope that you've been thinking about, you know, how we can talk about tonight's show because I have a few examples myself and then um, we'll be able to actually discuss, you know, go to tonight's discussion. This episode came to me when I was talking to a couple of friends and told them that my credit status is about to change due to a bankruptcy. Well, they began, and that began a debate on that you'll never be able to get anything because of that bankruptcy. Then it hit me like a hammer on my head or like a beacon. I've heard plenty of testimonies about how the Lord has blessed people who really had no means of getting what they've gotten, like a car, new house, and et cetera. As the Lord was talking to me about, about all of this brief conversation with my friend, he whispered in my ear and gave me this. It's not about your status. It's about who you serve. Now, let's, I'm going to give a brief definition of status. Status is the relative social, professional, or other standing of someone or something. So you see, your social or professional status or credit status is very important in today's world. But guess what? In the spiritual realm, this means nothing. You see, we have a God that is in control of all that stuff. So even if they say no, that you can't get the car, take it to God in prayer and see what happens. God has a way of making the impossible possible. He has a way of taking the status that people put on you and turn it around. Why? Because you serve him. Jesus took a young boy whose status was only having two fish and five loaves of bread, found in Matthew fourteen twenty-one. And guess what? He fed 5,000 with that and had plenty left over. That little boy wasn't popular. He was he was just available when Jesus needed to use him. It wasn't about his status. It was about who he was around or who he served. That's what Jesus did. He changed that young man's status. And another status that I can talk about is when Paul was on the road to Damascus, if I'm correct, to kill the Christian. Or first, firstly, let me correct myself. His name was Saul, and he was on the road to Damascus to kill the Christians and persecute the church. But when Jesus met him on that road, he had a great change. Everything changed about him. He came from Saul to Paul. And, again, it wasn't about 
his status. It was about who he started to serve. And so what I'm saying is that as we go along in life, there there will be status. There's your social status. There's your economic status. There's your, you know, your financial status. There's everything. But, again, it's not about your status. It's about who you serve because God, again, can change all of that around. Um, and I'll bring the show back on because I see she's not in the chat room, um, ready to help us out in the chat room. And she's also um, ready to um, come on and give us a hand with this. Now, Michelle, what do you think about what I just talked about or what I just, you know, brought up in today's topic? Hello, Michelle. Hello. Yes, you there you me? go. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Let me try this again. Uh, I was saying I feel like it's a great topic um, because people who, you know, may not be close to the Lord or have a close relationship with him don't know how he can change um, the very circumstance that you're involved in how he has, there's a saying that he has the king's heart in his hand, so, and he can give you favor in any situation. So then no matter what it looks like, things can turn around in your favor if that so be God's will. So um, I love the topic today, and, you know, it reminded me of um, when I received the job that I'm currently at. I, I was... um. You know, I had lost a job. I was actually working in D.C. for the um, federal government, and I had lost that job through a layoff. And I was uh, trying to, you know, figure some things out. I I was running my business still, um, but, you know, the income from that wasn't to where it was going to sustain, you know, everything that I needed. So I had the job, but um, I was dealing with the, the... very small amount of unemployment that I was surprised to even come out of D.C. And I was trying to, you know, go along, and I was, you know, praying to God and asking him, you know, just deliver me from that situation as soon as possible because, um, you know, unemployment doesn't last forever. Um, I was also trying to drum up some business to see if that's maybe the way I should go back to full-time self-employment. And so I was just trying to figure it out, and I was praying to God, asking for guidance. When the Lord saw fit to to speak a word um, about a job to me, and right within the time frame that, you know, the Lord had talked about, I got, bam, somebody, you know, hit me up about a job. And I was like, okay. And I was going along. And it's just, it was so many things happening that um, it almost reminded me of, of Job, not that my situation was that bad, but it reminded me of Job in the fact that people started coming to me and saying, you still waiting to hear about that job? It's been a long time now because it was some things going on at the job. 
and it looked like, you know, it wasn't going to work out. I wasn't going to be able to come in in the position where I'm currently at. And so people even began to speak about it and say, oh, I think you better move on or, you know, you better look for something else. The um, unemployment is running out. I don't think that's going to work out. It doesn't look like they're going to, you know, do anything with that. And, you know, it's like the Lord spoke, and I was still proclaiming that that was going to be, um, you know, the job because of the way it came about. And I knew what God could do despite, you know, what was going on. And so it was a lot going on. Um, but... Shores, as, as I had said, and that the Lord has said, you know, they brought me on in, and I was able to give God the praises for that. So it was just really an awesome, you know, opportunity for God to get the glory because, you know, the way that they were talking, it looked like I wasn't going to be going to that, you know, job. But it was, it it just doesn't even matter what everything looks like. It matters what God says. Excellent. And that is an excellent point um, because, you know, I forgot to mention this part because I did have this part in my notes. Um, the scripture says, and I'm going to find it, you know, so I make sure I reference this the cattle on a thousand hills are his. So if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and that's a lot of cattle, what more can he do for us? Because many times we forget that God is God. We're working, you know, we think, you know, that we're we're worried about everything else, but we still have to remember that God is God. There's nothing he can't do. You know, he can change the status around right in front of your face. Because, again, when people people give their testimonies, and I love testimony time at church, because, again, a lot of times things that aren't supposed to happen, happen. Are they supposed to happen? No, nine times out of ten, you know, because people don't understand that. But, again, they do happen, and people can't um, tell or understand why they happen. But, again, if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, then... What do you think he can do for us as human beings if we serve him? Now, we can't, you know, we got to be like Job, you know, like you said, you had your Job experience. You know, if we serve him, he will open up doors that people will never understand. Get you that job that you said, you know, you said, well, they, everyone else was saying, well, why worry about that? Because that's basically not going to happen. But God opened up the door because you were patient. Do you agree? Definitely, yes. Excellent. And, um, again, with that scripture, I'm going to actually bring that scripture up on later on. But, um, again, in today's society, you know, everybody depends on their status to get them anywhere in life. If you're rich, you ain't got to work hard. Because, I mean, as soon as you walk, walk in the door, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the rich person right now, you know, you know, to walk in the door so they can do what they want to do. So, and I give an example of, you know, I was going through some stuff, and I was in, in my life several years ago, and I wasn't expecting, as yourself, you know, on unemployment, not knowing what to do, 
you know, trying to get a job but can't find a job because I just went through some hard stuff in life. And next thing I know, the job came up. And it wasn't my status, and my status sucked, to be honest. But God opened up a door for me to walk in. And should I be scared to walk in, or was I scared to walk in? Yeah, for a minute I was. But then I came to say, hey, you know what? If God has this for me, let me walk in. And then I talked to, you know, talked to someone, and when I was actually elevated or got a, you know, small promo- promotion at the job. And what she told me was, was you know, had me, you know, stunned. She said, um, what did she say? She said, basically, elevation doesn't, elevation goes east and west, but promotions come from God. So, mm-hmm. in other words, when God promotes us, there's nothing any other, you know, no, this is what she said. She said, the winds go east and west, but promotion comes from God, and that's found in Psalms. So if God is going to give us a promotion or if God elevates us, we don't have to have a status of being a smartest person on a job or being a one who knows more about, you know, about the position. Because guess what? If God is going to promote you, if God is going to elevate you, it's going to happen, and there's nothing that other people can um, do about it. They may want to say something. They may want to, hey, you know what, he don't deserve that or they don't deserve that. They don't have the right credentials because people are, again, today are worried about your credentials. You may not have the credentials or, you know, you may you may, you may not even be fit for the job. But guess what? If, it's, if, if you're serving God, if you're doing what you're supposed to do in a life, then every you know God will make a way, and God can change that because we are there serving Him. And I see people are logging into the chat room. People are actually talking right now. So again, this is the Man and the Mirror with your host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. And if you want to, the guest call the number is nine one seven eight eight nine two two. Seven one, and we want you to come in and you know discuss with us. You know, give us some testimonies, give us some stories about you know today's topic. It's not your status; it's about who you serve. Um, um, any other? You know, any? You have anything else to say, Michelle? Um, because again, we have a couple people. Our friend Maria Wall has see uh, Maria Wall has logged in, and you know, you want to say hi to her. Um, and she may have something to say or mention in the chat room. Well, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I was thinking about in reference to, and of course not everything is about, you know, um, if you want to call it material things um, or the, the jobs, the car, the house. Um, those are some things that God has definitely um, seen fit to bless us with. But um, you know, we can we can even go deeper. You know, there's um, I know there was a, a situation um, where I'm at, I'm at currently as well, 
Um, and it's just been several situations. I mean, the Lord really works in all areas of your life to give you favor, and that's the thing that causes, you know, people to make decisions, to do things for you, give things to you, whatever, even though you don't necessarily have the status, credentials, credit, or whatever to receive those things. You get them anyway through God's favor. But, um, you know, just like the job where I'm at now, me and my supervisor, and I'm just going to, you know, I'll be totally honest in reference to myself. I'm never disrespectful, never subordinate, but, you know, I will tell you, I will definitely give you my opinion, especially if we're in a discussion about something. Um, I don't bite my tongue, and I'm, and I'm not going to be scared of, you know, an, a, a boss, but, you know, I will respect a boss, which is what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, I don't talk back or I'm not ignorant or anything like that, but I definitely speak my opinion, and if I see something that, you know, was, was incorrect or whatever, I would speak on it. But, um, you know, in, the, in my job where I am, I actually feel like the Lord, you know, when I said he'll, he has the heart of the king, you know, the, the um, relationship with me and my boss totally turned around because when I first arrived, it's like we were butting heads, which really surprised me because I usually get along with, with my bosses, but I felt like we were really butting heads. And, you know, I had a couple of opinions about why, but, of course, I didn't share that with him. <laughs> but, you know, it just seemed like the Lord totally turned that thing around, where though now at this point, if I if I tell him something or give him my honest opinion, he's apt to listen because he he knows that, you know, before I even spoke, I did my research. I I saw you know what what I'm talking about. I saw it in the in the, reg, the regulations of our program. I you know all of that. So you know I, he knows that I just don't speak out of turn. And the mm-hmm. Lord has just blessed him to totally turn around and um, come to trust my opinion as opposed to you know opposing my opinion. Even in, you know, so I, I that that was a blessing to me, and I thank the Lord for that because I was actually praying, and I had the saints praying because we were butting heads just that much. So that was a blessing. So you know, God can put His hand on all situations. And yes, He can. He can definitely do that, you know, and again, I appreciate you, you know, giving us that testimony because, again, yeah, even on a job, my pastor always say, you know, I love my pastor because he talks about, you know, you know, going through same situations, you know, they expected him to react in one way, but he didn't, you know, he was actually demoted, but, you know, at the time. But keeping mm-hmm. being a man of God that he was, he continued to stay prayed up. He continued to fast, and he continued to look towards the hills where his strength comes from. And eventually, whatever the situation was, it turned itself around. Again, it wasn't because of his status. It was because of whom he served. He served a God that if we just continue to stay prayed up, if we continue to humble ourselves, because that's another key issue. We have to 
humble ourselves and um, before the, the Lord, he will work it out. Because, again, we're not serving this world. This world has an issue of thinking that it's all about them. Um, and I like what Maria wrote in the um, chat room. Um, she wrote, what God has for you is for you. And that is true. You know, many times people don't understand and God got something for you. Your boss, anyone around, outside world, you know, there's nothing they can do. They can try to do something, but nine times out of ten is going to be to no avail. But if it's for you, it will be for you. Because, we, you know, again, we have this issue in today's society, in today's world, that, you know, we our status makes us who we are. And a lot of people walk around thinking that in their mind. A lot of people, you know, go around not with humble hearts, that the humble hearts that they should have, they walk around thinking that, you know, I'm rich. So this is going to get get me through for the rest of my life. Or I'm a bishop. Or I'm a, um, I am the, the highest part, you know, I don't know who's higher than a bishop, but, you know, I'm the highest person there is in the church or anywhere. But, again, it's not just status that's going to get you where you need to be. Because, you know, sometimes the higher you go, the harder you fall. And, you know, with that fall will become a great crash because people understand that we do have to humble ourselves in everything that we do. You know, because um, if we want, you know, if we want to get along in life, we have to learn to humble ourselves. That helps us. That helps us out with our status. Because, again, you know, Paul... Before you know, he was Saul. Before he became Paul, he was a he was a mean man. You know, his status was something that if you wanted to be around him, you probably would just end up dead because he was actually killing all of the believers in Christ Jesus. But then Christ, then Jesus met him. And if if, if I if I remember what Scripture says, Scripture says that. Um, he says, Saul, Saul, why thou persecute me? And I'm paraphrasing this. And he got up and said, okay, where are you, Jesus, that I may serve thee? Something within that fashion. He knew right away after he fell off that horse and was blind who he was talking to. And with that, he went in and um, he had to go to Straight Street, lay for lay for a um, minute and one of the um, came, or one of the servants of Christ came and touched his eyes, and then he became a new person. His whole status changed. He wasn't that person before. He wasn't Saul. He became Paul. And Paul is one of the writers of the New Testament, and he wrote a majority of the New Testament. So we took a man who was like the meanest man around, and only God can do something like that, he took a man who was the meanest man around and changed his status to one of the men who wrote a majority of the New Testament. Only God can do that because mere man can't do that because only God can help the heart to change. I mean, only God can give him a new status in life. 
Because you know, and then we then we always want to know when people when you're changed, and people are going to look at you and like, well, wasn't that Saul? Didn't he used to do this? Didn't he used to do that? But when you're serving Christ, you ain't got to worry about it because your your whole you have a whole stat, a whole different. Yeah, he was persecuted. He went through, but he went through with a different mindset. He didn't mind going through because he knew he was serving. He knew he was going to go through because he knew he was serving Christ. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Michelle? Well, definitely I like what you um, had to say about, you know, the humility because I feel when I was listening to that, it was just bringing to mind that um, um, Saul was humble enough that when the Lord showed himself that he could acknowledge his wrong and turn around to become, you know, the the preacher and the teacher that he was for God as opposed to what he was doing, which is persecuting the Christian. So we have to have that kind of um, humbleness because, the favor of God, um, I think one of the biggest things that we, we need to remember is it's not just for our benefit. It's not just for us to benefit that we get God we get God's favor. There's actually a purpose in us getting God's favor. One, God will give you favor if you're being obedient to him and following his will, directions, and plans for your life. He will give you favor in that. But also... Sometimes he gives us favor in order to show himself. So we should be giving him the glory. We should be humble enough to realize that when we do get this favor from God and things turn out better for us than we expected, better than other people expected, you know, things, amazing things that God will do for us when these things happen, then in turn we need to give the glory to God to allow people to know if you are in obedience to God, if you're doing his will, if you're giving your life to him, he will give you favor too. He's not a respect, excuse me, not a respect of any man. So he'll give favor to to those who love him and who obey uh-huh. him and to get the glory from that, so that that is the the really the purpose or the reason for God's favor. Mhm. Most definitely, you know, and and that's the thing, you know, people or even us, I don't say people, we have an issue with learning, and I will I was the first one to learn to humble myself. You know, don't be proud, but to learn how to humble myself in my life journey that, you know, when you're going through, we're going to, you know, no one's perfect. And if I want favor, which is a tag of mine, I love favor by God. If you want favor, we do have to learn humble because, again, uh, Hezekiah is no big person. Mm -mm. Sometimes he thinks he's big, and I get in my feelings sometimes. And films getting away, emotions, that's, you know, and a lot of our characters in the Bible, they, you know, I remember Jonah, he got in his feelings. Jonah was, you know, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. His status was, he didn't want his status to change. 
<laughs> he, you know, he said, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, God called him and said, I want you to do this. Jonah said, uh-uh, and he tried to run. But then when, you know, the long short of it is when he didn't want to go to Nineveh, and I think the word says that there are over like 6,000 people who didn't know this, um, um, if I'm correct, didn't know their left from their right. So they were really in a bad situation in Nineveh, and they needed to hear the word of God. And Jonah didn't want to go. He wanted to, you know, jump ship literally um, and not follow God's advice. God wanted his status to change. God wanted to change Nineveh. God wanted Nineveh's status to change. God wanted Jonah to follow his direction. But Jonah got in his feelings. He said, yeah, I know. I knew what, I know exactly what you was going to do. As soon as they repent, I mean, you're going. You're not going to destroy them. And uh, and then, you know, God had to tell him these people didn't know their left from their right. They needed to hear this. And he even was a uh, um, gave Jonah some shade. Jonah was going to watch the city be destroyed, so he went up on the hill. And you know, God gave him a plant to grow and give him some shade. But then, soon as, um, as soon as God seen that, he made a worm come and eat the root, and the plant died. And that you know, Jonah was in his emotions, and that's one thing we as people, if we want, as you know, if we want our status to change, if we want things to happen, that's one thing we can't do. We can't be in our emotions. Because it won't happen. You know, our God is not a God of emotions. We worry about things happening in our lives. But we're very emotional. And, um, you know, what do you think about that, Michelle? Yeah, definitely. We have to We have to keep our minds on what we know to be true. Because the funny thing is emotions don't, know much about truth. They're not very well acquainted with Amen. truth. <laughs> Your emotions will cause you to feel a total different way than what the truth really is. So that's definitely in your emotions is nowhere to be. Um, I actually wanted to read um, a scripture, New International Version, um, Proverbs 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting at 1. He says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Find them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So I think this is a really good example of how 
God is saying, hey, you know, basically, and I'm going to, like you said, the paraphrasing, basically, you know, if you show me your love, you listen to what I'm telling you, you follow my commands, and you you put your hands to work for me, I will give you favor. And not just favor in his sight, but in man's sight. And that's where I, that part when I was saying having the um, heart of the king in his hand, he will he can give you favor in the sight of man and um, then honor him with the blessings that he gives you. So. Yes, definitely. Now let me ask you a question because we're going back and forth for right with this. And um, let me remind you, we are now listening live with the man in the mirror with your host, Hezekiah Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. Our guest calling number is 917-889-2271 if you want to listen, talk, or even give a comment. And uh, Michelle is um, checking in on the um, chat room. And our topic tonight is not about your status. It's about who you serve. And I'm definitely enjoying today's topic. And um, and um, to go back to you, Michelle, let me ask you a question. Did they say anything? Did they say anything about your status? In that scripture? Yeah, in any, I mean, yes, in that scripture, does it, does it tell us anything about our status? Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. It's not based on your status at all. It's based on your relationship with God. Uh, excellent. I like that. It's not based on your status. It's based on your relationship. And again, we can add that as a tag. It's not based on your status. It's based on your relationship. Because again, you can be the poorest person around. And be the richest person around, and people wouldn't even understand how it happened. Mm-hmm. They they will yeah. be bumfuzzled. They will be bumfuzzled. And let me um, back up a minute because Maria wrote something on something I said earlier. This is a title. She wrote a title is like a fruitcake. I love this woman. You never know what she's going to say. A title <laughs> is like a fruitcake. It comes in such beautiful wrappers, but most people do not like it. It is not like the title one holds. It is how they carry themselves after they get the position of stature. And I read that again. A title is like a fruitcake. It comes it comes in such a beautiful wrappings, but most people do not like it. It is not that title one holds is how they carry themselves after they get the position of stature. So again, what she's saying is, you know, and I don't even like fruitcake, so I don't don't even say anything. But um, everybody seems, you know, most people don't like fruitcake. Comes comes pretty, looks real nice and beautiful, but most people don't like it. It's It's not your title that you hold. It's how you you know, work that position is how you carry that position, the stature of that position. So, sure, you know, I'm, I thank you, Maria, for writing that because that's true. You know, you can, you know, people that's get these positions and they think they all let in a bag of chips. 
you're not humble. You know, they think they're humble. I mean, they think they're helping people when basically um, they're basically, um, you know, just being sometimes being a bully. That's what I say, you know, some supervisors, mm-hmm. some people in higher positions to me are just being a bully because you hold that position, you know. But God, you know, even um, if I'm correct, even Solomon, you know, he, you know, he had a position, you know, but he, you know, he messed up at times, but he had to get himself back together because, again, it wasn't, you know, his position. He did not follow the position the way God wanted him to follow it, and God had to deal with him in that position of what he was doing. So, um, again, um, you know, when we get these positions, when these things come into our lives, um, when we're going through, when we're trying to get our life together, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to get my life together, and a lot of people always say, well, you won't be able to do this, you won't be able to do that. And many times when we listen, you know, when people speak negative, and one of my favorite verses and and is my life verse, I always say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means all doesn't stop. All doesn't say, well, hey, I've come to the point where there's no more. You know, I've come to the point where I need to stop. I've come to the point where this is as far as I'm going to get. All encounters, everything. So when we say we can do all, it doesn't matter what our stature is. It wasn't, you know, it doesn't what I, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what our uh, status in life is. What matters is that we're following Christ. Because if we're following Christ, if we're humbling ourselves, we're serving him. And his promises never, you know, he's not a liar. God is not a liar. So um, God is not a liar. So we don't have to worry about, you know, what's going to happen. We just have to trust him. And if I remember and if I'm, I'm going back, you said, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean not to thy own understanding. Trusting is the hardest thing for us to do. It's hard for us to trust friends. It's hard sometimes. It's hard. Friends, you hope they're your friends or not your friend of me. Um, <laughs> it's hard to, to trust some people we work around, you know. So that's why he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to own, your own understanding, as you said. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. It's almost like he's our GPS. And we have an issue with GPS today. Sometimes a GPS may say go this way. But we think we need to go the other way. And we've all actually, you know, been there with that GPS before. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Telling you to make a right into a brick wall. Right. Right. But if we trust God, he will never steer us wrong. He has never steered us wrong. And, you know, when we come to those points in our lives where we're not understanding what's going on, um, and we're trying to get a new status in life. Because many times we come to that point where, you know, as I wrote in my book, Rediscovering Myself, now that I'm working on a part, is where we're making, we're trying to change our status in life. And many times we try to serve, we try to worry about what man will think of us. 
And we can't think about what man thinks of us because when we think one thing and never you turn around later on, they're going to be thinking some of us because didn't they say, what did they do to Christ? They were hailing him and saying, hey, Hosanna to the God in the highest. At one time, that was one status he had. And then calling and then for his crucifixion. And, and his whole, his status changed tremendously. His status changed, like, <laughs> before you know it, they were calling for his crucifixion. So, you know, we are a funny people. We are a funny people. We're more worried about what people think of us, our status, especially when they were talking about uh, bring up um, what they've been talking about in society and what they've been talking about on the news. Everybody that's on Facebook posting selfies like that. But the psychologists have found out that many times people are putting their selfies up and their you know pictures up and then wondering what people are thinking. You know, what is their status? You know, what do you think about me right now? You know, some people may say, "Oh, nice picture." Some people may say, "Ugh." So psychologically, that can be damaging to someone because I'm out there always posting selfies, wanting to see what people are thinking. You know, what are y'all thinking? What are your thoughts on that, Michelle? Well, that's that's where that, uh, you know, scripture about vain imagination. (laughs) So, you know, we shouldn't be so self-consumed and always um, worrying, definitely not about what man thinks of us because, you know, man is, is um, you, were, you were talking about it a minute ago, but I don't, I don't think you used the word, but fickle. Man is fickle. And they change their mind with the wind. So, you know, they can, like you were talking about the example of, how the some people's opinions changed of Jesus, you know, so drastically from one point to another. But, um, you know, that's how man is. So we can't ever be concerned about what man really thinks about us because it can change from second to second, hour to hour, day to day. And, um, one of the things that I tell people all the time, uh, I, I'm not, you know, trying to be mean or anything. And as a matter of fact, that's what I say. I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be funny or anything like that, but I don't, I don't trust any man. And I don't say that as a put down, but I actually say it because it's, it's honestly true. I don't put my trust in any man because if you put your trust in man, man will let you down. It's just the way things are because none of us are perfect and we will let each other down repeatedly. But if you put your trust in God, then you know God can change any person in any situation. He can do that, not you. And so, you know, that person, that thing that's going on, that situation happening, can turn in a, in a moment if God puts his hands on it. So, you know, it's not about what somebody is thinking from about you from second to second because that really doesn't matter because if God intervenes, that can change in the, in the blink of an eye. 
Excellent. I like that. And as you were speaking, and then we mentioned again um, about, you know, how they changed on Jesus, I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, 1 Kings 18.21, um, when um, Elijah was talking to them about Baal, and the people were wavering between opinions. And Elijah, and it says um, in verse 21, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. <laughs> so there were a couple status status changes going there. I mean, you know, they trying to figure out who who's God and he's basically telling us and then the word is telling us we have to make a decision. Because it's more about who you're going to serve that actually tells you where your status is. You know, he was saying, okay, if Bill be God, if if Bill if if the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Bill is God, follow Him. And many times, you know, when you try to get, you know, as he was putting in that perspective, people have a choice to make. And we don't like making choices. We definitely don't. We like things, you know, I'm I'm fine where I'm at right now. I don't want to make a choice or a decision about, you know, I like my status. People love me. But, you know, in Scripture and in the, in the Bible, we got to people, we got to be careful because the devil is a deceiver. And, you know, mm-hmm. he changed the status of Adam and Eve from the beginning and he was he's always working on our status. You know, he's working on our status to see are we gonna be on his side or are we gonna be on the side of God? Because we see how he, you know, sneaking and conniving and comes in and starts talking to us and really starts getting us thinking things that we shouldn't be thinking. You know, and that's what happened to Adam and Eve because they wavered. You know, they had the best status there is. They were the first man and woman. They had everything. They were the first king and queen in, in, in the world. But their status changed because they forgot who they served. They forgot the commands that God gave them. But in our life right now, we have to remember what our status is. We have to remember who we serve. And we have to... Um, Go from there, day by day. It's a daily challenge because your status changes every day, especially in the sight of man. One day they love you, another day they can't stand you. What do you think, Michelle? I think the only one who stays constant is God. So your best bet is to lean on him, as the scripture was saying. Don't lean to your own understanding because... We are limited. God sees from everlasting to everlasting. He knows what it was in the beginning. He knows what it will be in the end. So if I have somebody in my life who knows what it was in the beginning and what it's going to be in the end, what in actuality, what do I really have to worry about? And um, a lot of times I don't think we look at it like that. But what do we have to worry about? You know, the battle 
Our battles, they're already won. God knows the outcome. And it's our faith in him that allows us to know and believe that God has already won the battle. So it is all about your faith. Where is your faith? Where does your faith lie? So we need to keep that in mind because our faith in God is what will allow us to know that even if my supervisor wants to tell me no, even if, you know, the the, the um, client that I'm trying to talk to and uh, close a deal wants to tell me no, even if the person that I'm talking to to, to bring them to Christ, if they want to say no, they'll say maybe just because the Lord made it so. They'll say yes because the Lord made it so. So we just have to have our faith in that, that no matter what, the Lord is the one who's really in control. We are not. And that's hard for us. That's a hard pill for a lot of us to swallow because in actuality, a lot of us are uh, control freaks, and we want to control everything. We want everything to go a certain way. We want things to happen the way we would like for them to happen, in the order that we would like for them to happen, in the speediness that we would like for them to happen. So we're we're really control freaks, and, and we want to control everything. But if we have faith in God, it allows us to relinquish all of that control. And if you relinquish all of that control that you're trying to have, then you can't be worried about, you know, what man might say or what man might do or what how the situation will turn out because we know with confidence that the Lord has it all in his hands anyway and it's going to turn out exactly how it needs to. Excellent. And you're 100% correct with that. And I'll give a testimony. I was one of those people that took the year took the Lord almost 20 years to just, to work with me with that, you know, wanting to be in control, wanting to make sure everything goes the way it's supposed to go. And then when it didn't go the way it's supposed to go, then it's like the world fell apart on me. And he gave me some real hard situations or real eye openers to find out, guess what, you are not in control. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to go my way. Is either my way or the highway, and I had to wrestle with that, <laughs> literally. I had to wrestle with that and learn that, you know what? You know, if it's God's will to happen, if it's not, then I'll just go along for the ride. Because, again, being a control freak, you know, you try to fix everything. Be someone who wants to know, okay, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to be that. You know, no one else is going to be able to do this the way I'm going to do it. And everything that, and we, you know, people come to me for for me to, you know, be super Christian and fix everything. But guess what? The Lord had to give me a whole new status in order for me to understand that it's not going to be that way. You know, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a good thing. And I appreciate those examples that you, you know, have given our audience, given our listening audience, because, you know, we have, to, I, you know, today's people need real, you know, real views for them to actually understand what's going on, especially with a topic like this. And um, we're listening live with 
on The Man of the Mirror with Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. I got a call-in number is 917-889-2271. We're about to take a brief break. Um, we want you to stay on. Um, take a brief break, and after the break, if you're listening out there and you want to call in or want to ask any questions in the chat room, Michelle will actually be monitoring the chat room. If you're there with any questions or comments or even in the um on our Facebook page, page, on the event page. You'll be able to listen there. But I'm going to give a word from our sponsors, you know, people who have been sponsoring our supporters for The Man in the Mirror. Um, Michelle, do you have any, uh, any more comments before we get ready to go to break? The biggest thing we can get out of this is we are not in control. That's the thought I want to leave if we go to the break. Excellent. A note from our supporters, Music Instruction for All Learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact contact us us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk with our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.musicinstructionfal.com. And another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project. And their website is Curvy Boss, www.curvyboss.com. We'll be back in a few minutes, and when we come back, we'll be looking for people. If you want to comment or in the chat room or on the event page, Michelle is there. Or if you also, if you're on the telephone. Um, please um, press one, and we'll know that you're on your phone, and we'll know that you, you know, want to have a comment to make about today's topics. It's not about your status; it's about who you serve. Hallelujah! Praise. worship the Lord. I want us to worship God for just a moment. We talked about one sound. Everybody say one sound. There is a kingdom sound. There is a kingdom sound. Everybody say that. There is a kingdom sound. Say it again. There is a kingdom sound. And I want you to understand this, that there is always a sound that precedes a move of God. Everybody say that there's always a sound that precedes the move of God. Whenever you will find deliverance, wherever you will find healing, wherever you find a move of God, it is always associated with a sound. I want us to take just maybe 30 seconds and we're going to we're going to sing this song. We're going to raise it as an offering to the Lord, but I want us to take about 
maybe just 30 seconds, if you will. Brother, I just want you to minister on that, on that guitar. I want you to raise your hands in his presence and let's just worship God all over this room. Come on, everybody, let's worship God all over this room.
Let's sing that again. Hallelujah. Every voice in this room.
if we are children of God, then everything is going to work out for our good. And I always like to give a disclaimer when that um, scripture is quoted or paraphrased or whatever, the disclaimer is not always what we think is going to be the good that we want everything to come out, you know, for this good that we have in mind for us. Instead, God is always going to work a situation out so that it will help you grow spiritually, it will glorify God, and in the end, it will be the best situation for you. So that's something that we need to remember when situations are going on. Excellent. And I'll be back um, to you. I actually found that scripture that I actually talked about earlier, and it starts starts Psalms 50, verse 10. For every, this is the New International Version. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountain, and the insects of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine, and all that is in it. Um, Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? So basically, God is saying, with that, if the cattle on a thousand hills are mine, there's nothing that I can't help you with, I can't change, I can't bring about, whatever way you want to think about it. You know, I remember years ago when I was buying my first house, they kept saying, no, 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 no. And I said, okay, God, what do I need to do to change this status the more I think about it. So God told me exactly what to do, and we turned that no into a yes. So, again, if we're serving God the way we're the way he tells us to do, um, and as Michelle said earlier, we can turn those no's into a yes, because if we're serving God, if we're doing what we're supposed to do, you know, our status will, our status will change due to the fact that, we serve a mighty and powerful God, and there's nothing that, again, that he can't do. When he says a thousand, if you think about the cattle on a thousand hills, that's a lot of cattle. That's a lot of beasts, uh-huh. they would say, but that's a lot of cattle. <laughs> you know, if you want to think about that, you know, that's a lot of beasts. Some people will say in today's terminology, but, again, that's a lot of cattle. So basically he's saying, there is nothing I can't do and nothing I can't fix. And the scripture says also, with God, all things are possible. And this is something not just for us as grown folks. Um, the Lord just gave me this. This is something we need to teach our children as well. Because they had there's so much going on, even with the things in Baltimore, God can fix it. Even with the things with our oh. children today, God can fix it. We can't say, hey, there's nothing there. God can't change any status. Because he can Whatever it looks like With a blink of an eye It could be done It could be fixed But we also have to teach our children That they need to trust in God When they're going through Not, you know, lean on their own understanding Acknowledge him In all their ways And he will direct As we continue to pray for them Direct their path Because God, you know Our children need to know That God can fix it 
you know, mommy and daddy, um, aunts and uncles, they're not always around to be able to fix everything the way that our children expect it to be fixed because they think that we're, you know, super parents. And sometimes we act like we're super parents and we can fix everything. But, you know, that's their status. That's how we look in their eyes, that we are a super mom, super dad, or super, you know, aunt or super uncle or, you know, super grandpa. But we have to realize, you know, we have our limits. In their eyes, they don't see it. But uh, but if we put our limits in God's hands, all of that changes. All of that changes mm-hmm. drastically. Um, and I want to, you just um, mentioned about the, the current things that have been going on in uh, Baltimore and just wanted to bring that down to the level of what we're talking about here. So, you know, some of the things that are going on is, is the whole, um, there, there are two or three different things that are actually really going on. So you had the situation um, with Freddie Gray, but not just Freddie Gray. You have others who are coming forward and saying um, that they've received some mistreatment by the police and and things going on of that nature, Uh, and to the point where, you know, now they're investigating the police and, and looking to, you know, search into that to see, you know, if they are, really misbehaving on a wide status, you know, not that it was just this isolated case, but if they're seeing this across the board. So you have that going on. And then you have the the people who are rightfully, you know, upset about what's going on. And, you know, they saw fit to take things into their own hand to the point, you know, that we got to the riots and the the things being destroyed in Baltimore and all of that. So point that I would like to bring out or make uh, in reference to that, we see what happens when we don't trust God. And that doesn't mean that we can't do something in response to, you know, something that we see is not not a good thing or something needs to be done about it. That's not saying that there's nothing we can do. So what I'm saying is if we were trusting in the Lord and looking to him for guidance and a way to try to get the situation solved, you know, wouldn't the Lord see fit to provide that guidance? And uh, one one of the moments that I really loved on this whole thing is when the Lord really started speaking to some people and the religious leaders decided to come out in the midst of what was going on and, um, you know, make an appearance and pray and let people know that they needed to have God in this thing because it was fast, quickly getting out of control. So I think that that was a good example of how when we lean to our own understanding, how quickly things can, you know, people had that saying, things went left, how quickly things can go left when we lean to our own understanding to try to get something done or 
uh, fix a situation we feel needs to be fixed. This situation is a deep, ingrained situation that, you know, has been in Baltimore and going on in Baltimore for quite a long time. And the one who we know can fix all things, of course, is God. So I think, you know, people need to have more faith in him and look to him for guidance on how to move and deal with these things as opposed to, you know, getting in our emotions and leaning to our own understanding because when we are led purely by emotions that we were talking about earlier, excuse me, we see what happened when people were led purely by emotion. And when you're led purely by emotion, the devil can definitely get up in the middle of a situation and cause confusion. So that's that's um, that's just something that I wanted to say that could kind of align it with our topic today. Um, and I also wanted to read the scripture that I quoted a few minutes ago. And um, it's in, I'm always trying to remember my books. In okay, give me a minute, Hezekiah. You can go ahead and say something because I'm trying to get back to my page and I'm lost. Not a problem. We are still listening live. We have about 16 minutes left. If you want to call in and comment or ask any questions, um, the time is winding down. Um, this is the Man in the Mirror with host Hezekiah Montgomery and co-host Michelle, the lovely Michelle Johnson. And I uh, guess call in number is 917-889-2271. Again, you're listening to the Man in the Mirror, and tonight's topic is it's not your status. It's who you serve. And serving, we mean we're talking about serving the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Okay, my computer went awry for a second. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You were in Romans 8, I believe. I'm trying to get down to my what I was going to read. Yeah, so, yeah, it's Romans 8. And um, I had started uh, talking about the 28th verse, but I just wanted to read a little more in, in line with what I was just saying a moment ago, actually. Um, and it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of my many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What more than, than what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? 
No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Wow. I'm bumfuggled because I don't have much to say now. You still got 12 minutes to go. You just went half the Bible, threw me off for a loop, but you know that. That's the word of the day. The word of the day is bumfuggled because I'm just flabbergasted with that. But you know what? That was a good word because that is true. If God is for us, who can be? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, if you have God behind you, behind your status, behind you, then there's nothing you can't do. And this is something, again, as I said earlier, we have to teach our children. If God is if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for them, who can be against them? with everything that they go through in school, with everything that's going on around society, with everything they hear on social media. You know, we have to all be focused and get our mind focused on Christ Jesus and on God. Because, again, if God is for us, we don't have to worry about anything. We really don't. We do sometimes, but we really don't. Yes, definitely. And I think this this uh, particular set of scriptures, it puts in perspective uh, our life and everything that's been going on, like what's been happening. Yes, you know, the things that uh, have happened to us in our own life and the things that are happening to people that are being publicized on television, you know, these are our tragedies, their hard things. We've had some hard things happen to us in our life. But if we truly remember that if God be for us, who can truly be against us, even if it looks like, you know, the enemy is winning, if we lean to God, we know that he is the one that's for us and that he is the one that is going to take care of that situation. So we should never let those emotions get in the way and and separate us from the love of Christ and allow us to be led off in a different direction than what Christ would have for us. So we need to definitely keep that in mind, and I I just really love um, those scriptures right there to speak on uh, what's been going on and, and how we really need to combat that by Remaining in Christ, we need to really stay close to God 
and um, cry out to him because he's the one who will come in and and change the situation. You are, again, 100% correct because, you know, we can't do anything. We try to go on a job, try to change our status, you know, get, get that boss to like us, and that we know that supervisor has it out for us. That supervisor can be driving us crazy, but, you know, we're trying to um, change that status. Or those people that have these, and as Maria, and I'm going to read Maria's quote one more time, as Maria put it, as I talked about those that have these high positions in the church, um, they have the status, but it's all fine and pretty. But basically, sometimes I like to put an empty barrel makes a lot of noise. But Maria, mm-hmm. and I'll use her, you know, little sentence one more time. A title is like a fruitcake. It comes in such a beautiful wrapping, but most people do not like it. It's not the title one holds. It's how they carry themselves after they get to position of stature. And the scripture, again, says that if you go in a room amongst kings, don't go sit in a high position. Because a lot of people go and try to sit in a position where it's high, if you sit in a low position and wait till they ask you to come sit up um, in a high position, that you're welcomed in a high position. And it's like, and the Lord just gave this to me, it's like when you go, to, when another minister visits a church. You know, most ministers, most pastors say, oh, come sit up with me. But it's not like, you know, you, you don't see a minister go, into another church and then go sit up without up with the pastor without an invitation. Do you ever see that? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not at my church. What do, what do most if, if what do most pastors do if another visitor if another minister is coming to visit? Uh, when the pastors recognize that there's other pastors, ministers, whatever that are in uh, the the sanctuary, they'll go ahead and, and ask them to come up front. And that's all scripture. They hold, you know, their stature changes from, yeah, they're just a visiting, but now they're put in a position along with the pastor of honor. That's all a repositioning that happens. And, um, that's, and that's basically what I'm saying. We have to let God do the changing because it's mm-hmm. not about you know, you can have a penny in the bank, but be driving a you know a pretty nice car. People, you know, people trying to figure out well, he ain't got or well, she ain't got no money. Where this car coming from? What's going on with them? And I heard, and I um, remember evangelists at our church back home, at my church back home in Philadelphia, talking about she ain't, she has several kids, ain't had no way to feed her children. But the Lord told her, go ahead. Make the pot. Put it on the stove. You know, get ready. Now she's following what the Lord has told her to do. The next thing I know, she come tell. She always tells the story that you get a knock on the door, and somebody said, "Well, they had some extra food, um, and they would bring it in, and she was able to feed her children." So. Everything changed for her because she felt direction that God gave her. What if she would have be been like some of us today? I am not putting a pot on the stove. 
I I ain't got no food to feed these kids. I don't know what I'm going to do. But as she had to activate her faith mm-hmm. and God to say, if this is what you said, I am going to do it, and I'm going to follow along and do everything step by step what you told me. And her status changed to not, you know, you know, not being able to feed her children, but she was able to feed her children with some left over. We, and it's a, it's a thing as well, we have to step out on faith. We have to know, okay, if I, you know, as you said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Am I going to step out on faith and believe that, or am I going to believe what my friends say? Now, your friends, nine times out of ten, they don't want you to get ahead anyway. <laughs> they want you to be in the same lowly position that you're at. They don't want you to move ahead. Nine times out of ten, you know, they're looking at you like, now, if this works, we're in trouble because some, for some odd reason he should, he you know he shouldn't he or she shouldn't be moving along, but they are. What is their secret? And we can always um, tell them it's not my status. Mm-mm. It's not about my status in this company or in this job or in the church. It's about who I serve. Um, and we're still winding down. This is the man in the mirror. Um, with Hezekiah uh, Montgomery, your host and co-host Michelle Johnson, we're winding down with the last few minutes, and I'll you know tell tell my little story about David was a lowly sheep herder. That was his status, a lowly sheep herder. But a challenge came along, and that was Goliath. Now, mind you. Goliath was giant in stature, and he was scaring all of the men. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is my paraphrase version. He was scaring all the men in the you know in the Israelite army. But David came along and was upset because he was, you know, blaspheming against the God's God's people and God's men. But guess with his status and his stature. He beat Goliath and was able to cut his head off because it wasn't about his status. And he said, you know, I serve the true and living God. He knew who he served. I thank the Lord for giving me that. But he knew who he served, and he was able to beat Goliath, not with all the armor that, you know, Saul tried to put on him. No, that wasn't working. You know, King Saul tried to, that wasn't working because he's a little, he was a little puny thing. So all that armor, he said, no, I'll just go out with three stones and a sling. And it took one stone to do the job. And, Michelle, you have any last words? Do you have any last words as we're winding down? You have a little, a little under three minutes. You know, I just want to say, you know, we're always getting to see examples. We hear people's testimony like, you know, yours and mine today and uh, other people's. And we always get to see faith in action and get to see God moving. And I sometimes wonder why is it so difficult for people, you know, to believe because we see it every day. 
and I've even seen, you know, in the last few weeks, a, a, a modern, you know, day, just like our example, the example of that, you know, a young lady who was going through a lot, and the Lord led her to put her story on Facebook and ask for help. She was uh, about to be evicted, and, you know, her her and the, her children, she has a young baby, didn't have food, and, and you know, it was a lot going on. And the Lord actually blessed her where people came forward and helped her pay her rent. And um, it, you reminded me of the story as a guy when you were talking about the, the um, testimony of the woman because she came on and also testified that some angel keeps bringing food to her house uh, for her to feed her kids. There'll be a, a ring at the door, and she gets to the door, and no one's there. It's a bag of food sitting there waiting for her and people have just been blessing her. So, you know, we need to just remember that, as I said, when we left for break, we are not in control. God is the one that is in control. And as such, he will bless you as he sees fit in a mighty way if you just believe in him. Excellent. I do thank you for that, Michelle. I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening in this evening. This was a good show because we discussed status. Let's not get caught up on status, but get caught up on Jesus and what we can do to serve him. Please go to my website at www.hezekiahmontgomery.com and please find my guest book. We're doing a fundraiser for Rediscovering High to Play. Check on the website. And hit the GoFundMe link, and it will take you to our backing backer page. Please support the play, which will be out in the summer of 2015. Our goal is to raise. Well, that's going to we're tweaking that. It's going to be a little further, but my um, goal is to raise five thousand dollars. Again, please sign and support the cause. This is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off, and again, I'll see you at. The mirror. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith.